welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Mary Cousin, founder and CEO of the Chicago Toy and Game Group, founder of Toy and Game Inventors Conference, founder of the Young Inventor Challenge, and most recently, People of Play. Mary, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on The Binge. This is great, James. Oh, it's fantastic having you on here. Like, I mean... I love having guests on the show, but when we have someone as prolific as this, uh, it is an absolute treat. Uh, gosh, you have done so much <laughs> in your career. I'm going to say so far, because you seem to be a serial entrepreneur. So uh, I know there's way more still to come in your career, but man, so far, you've really accomplished a lot. Um, maybe you could start off by telling us kind of how this all began. Like you were like an actual toy inventor or game inventor yourself, weren't you, when it all started? I was. I was actually in real estate. And this was sort of my side hustle. Okay. And I was not enjoying real estate, right? Like, was not, there was no creative thing there for me. And I loved inventing on the side. And I did it for years and years and years. And then I went to Essen and actually Alan Moon showed me around Essen. And I just fell in love with Essen. And so then I came back and I thought, I'm going to rent Navy Pier. And I'm going to put on, you know, a show never having done anything bigger than, you know, Christmas dinner before, yep. but I'm passionate about this industry because I've been in a lot of other industries and it was like, I, I found my tribe, right? Like when I got yeah. to this industry. Yeah. A lot of people say that, I think, I mean, most of the, you know, the people I've interviewed on, on this podcast, very rarely is there someone who started out in the industry, right? There's mm -hmm. either people that are, have a regular day job, that's just like everyone else. And they're doing this as a side hustle, as more of a hobby, something to bring joy and enrichment to their life. They, they love the community. Uh, and, you know, in some cases, people are lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to transition that into a full-time career. Um, but it's the same thing everyone says is, wow, this community just, uh, just pulls you in and is so welcoming and so loving that it's, it's, it's tough not to just, uh, you know, give that love back. So what were some of the things you invented? Was it a toy or was it a board game or what was it you invented before this all kind of started? So I invented a lot of board games before one finally kind of hit. And yep. so I had a partner, we actually worked together in real estate and we did a, the first movie line game. I mean, that actually had real movie lines and, oh, that's cool. and it did pretty well. I mean, it's in the nineties and back then, you know, there wasn't really the internet. You had to watch those movies. Like you literally had rewind. I'm, I'm sure most of your listeners don't even remember <laughs> what a video player was, right? A DVD or, yeah. or any of that, right? So anyway, so we, we did really well with that game. And then we ended up licensing it to university games. And then I did some educational products actually with my daughter, which was the reason we started the Young Inventor Challenge. But then it was helping other inventors and I loved it. I loved helping other inventors and I would represent a lot of new inventors at toy fairs um, around the world. And it's just, it was just a great community and I got to meet everybody, so. It's, it's amazing, especially, I, I love talking to people that, you know, put games out back in the day, right? Before the internet, because that was before the Kickstarter. I mean, that's yeah. back when you were fully funding the whole shebang yourself, right? So you better make sure it's none of this kind of let's test it on Kickstarter, see if there's an audience, if there's an audience, you know, they're going to pre-order and then I've got the cash to go and make it. No, no, no. This is, I hope this idea is good. 
Yeah, I'm gonna put everything I can into it. I'm gonna put my own cash into it. And if it fails, that's cash that is gone, right? So True. It, uh, it, uh, you know, my hat's off to you for that. Cause that is a real, like, I know it's a nail butter doing Kickstarters, but man, that must've been a real nail butter back then. Yeah. I actually took a, a mortgage out on the house, which is something I tell people never to do after yeah. I did it myself. Yeah. You never, ever do that. So God. So then the, now that led into, was it discovertoysandgames.com? So what was that? What was discovertoysandgames.com? So that was an organization. And you know, what's funny about that is like, we started that right when the internet was really coming on the scene and it really wasn't big in the toy industry or the game industry. We, wherever we exhibited, I had to explain the internet to people. Like I had to like show them the website and like I spent almost more time trying to explain what the website was. It was pretty crazy actually back then. so it, we just had resources for new inventors and we were one of the first out there just to have free resources. We it, Back then we were getting a quarter of a million hits a month on our wow. website because there wasn't a lot of other resources, right? Yeah. So it was easy to find us. And, um, but then we kind of pivoted from there to starting the fair and starting conferences and so we could help people in person which is kind of funny because now we're going back to the internet, if you think about it, because all yeah. of our events are virtual. So, so just so to, to pull the thread a little bit. So this, uh, this website, uh, discovertoysandgames.com. So was it almost like an online fair for other people's uh, showcasing other goods or was it more of an e-commerce site or, or how, how did that work? So what we did is we showcased inventors games on it so that, you know, companies can find them and license them. Plus we have loads of free resources for people. And we told them where we were going to go and we had interviews with them and we did, we were linked to Amazon, but it, it was or not Amazon back then. I forget who it was. Barnes and Noble. No, hmm. can't remember. It's been too long, but maybe any go on them. Yeah. Yeah. And we had books, you know, link books and, but it was, a. we even had a bulletin board back then. And, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot harder to reach people back then. It really was. And what know. was the types of things that this would be resourceful? Like would it help people figure out how to like trademark or if someone had an mm-hmm. idea, how to go about manufacturing or exactly. like kind of like, all that, all the above kind of thing? All of the above. We, because I'd started as an inventor, I learned yeah. like the hard way, all these things, right? So I knew what to put on the website to help other inventors and make it free, right? Like that was the key. And also like we would take new inventors products to shows. And our first year, we only charged a hundred dollars each to each of these. And because we wanted, because I knew how hard it was yeah. for a new inventor. And so we wanted to make it it's so much easier today, but you know, than it was back then. But um, so, yeah, so we, a lot of our people got licensing agreements and they got out there and they got media. It was a very different time though. Very, very different time. And then the Chicago toy and game fair, uh, which obviously most people know about because it's huge, (laughs) right? Congrats on that. Uh, I mean, that's not a small task creating something like that. And even when you look back like 2003, like this has been around almost 20 years. Like that is surreal when you think about it. It is surreal, especially my first year, like not even knowing what to do. And we were on Labor Day weekend, which was kind of weird. We were three days and on Labor Day weekend, 
before we discovered, no, you, we really, sh since we're targeting families, that's what made us different yeah. because we, we were not like hitting the fan base. We were trying to introduce new people, right? Not, not, we weren't playing to the people who already loved the games, toys and games. So, so that, which is like Essen, right? Like our goal was to be like Essen okay. and we didn't know how hard it was going to be. We wanted the families, right? Like we wanted little kids playing games. And we started playing education back then too, to get um, educators to understand that when you incorporate toys and games with learning, kids learn better, right? And, um, but yeah, it was, it was hard, but you know, when you're passionate, you can do anything, right? Like you can, yeah. you just plow right through. And that's what we did. And how big did it get? Like in terms of square footage, where, what was kind of the, the, the pinnacle size that that show got to so we took up both um, halls at Navy Pier. Wow. I I really can't even, like, I don't know how many square feet that is actually, isn't that kind of funny? But yeah, we took up both halls and and we, we made a very, we had to, we learned as we went along, like families didn't just want games. Like initially we just started with games. They wanted toys too. So mm -hmm. then we had to work really hard to bring in the toys. And then we knew they wanted like stage events and we had to really bring on the entertainment. And then we had bloggers and media people. And, you know, and then we started the, the conferences. Like it was a slow build, right? Like yeah. to everything. We just kept adding pieces as we went along. And then did, I imagine you added team members as well. Like did, so was there a fairly large team around this or is it something that was just a smaller team, but like a lot of work for everybody? Um, so we really staffed up uh, like a month or two before the events is what we did. Mm -hmm. And there was actually a really funny story. I don't know if you ever had Nadine Sennert on your show. Do you know who no. I'm talking about? She's up in Minneapolis. She runs like the biggest game group up there. So she contacted me about our rules that were missing in, in my game. She picked up my game at a, like a rummage sale or something. And she calls me up and she's like, I'm looking for the game rules for real spiel, Hollywood's real spiel. And I said, sure. And, you know, I faxed them because back then you faxed, yeah. right? Like this was like, and this is 2004. And, and then we just started chatting. And, and then I said, well, well, I run the Chicago Twin Game Fair. She's like, I was there last year. Like she like had a whole group that came down from Minneapolis. Yeah. And then as the years went, she now runs it. She's our operations manager. And but it's just a really funny story that it all started with real, you know, our game. Like it was just a funny thing. When you have a conference this large, I always wonder if you almost have to start the following year's conference, even before the current one is kind of complete. Oh, yeah. Like are you working a year and a half, two years out almost? Right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, and you have to figure out what you did right and what you did wrong immediately yeah. afterwards, because you forget. So what's one of the things that you would say in that, in, your, in the history of that show is something that you got most right. And what's something you got most wrong, do you think? So weirdly, I would say the way we did our virtual events last year, we mm. did that really right. Like we, it was so stressful to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, we looked at hundreds of platforms and hundreds of watched probably 50 other events to figure out what we wanted. And in the end, we took a risk and we put it on our own website, like using YouTube Premiere, but we went all out and we got 35 panels, right? Like, so we mm. had the four Mattel presidents, like that's never been done before. 
four of them on one panel. Um, the, the incoming and outgoing Hasbro president, the Spin Master founders, we got Ruben Klamer, the inventor of Game of Life, and Eddie Goldfarb, who did Kerplunk and Shark Attack and all these things. And Ruben, yeah. thank God we got them. They were both 99, like wow. 99 wow. years old. And Ruben died just about last wow. month. And so, like, you know, you want to get things like that down, right? Yeah. And then we also have panels on like how to do things. So then, so what we, the other smart thing we did is we had an individual price. And we had a corporate price. And if you got the corporate price, which was only $1,000, you made it all cheap, right? Mm -hmm. You could share that URL with everybody in your company. So we had over 13,700 people watching from wow. 90, 95 countries. 95 countries. That's, that's awesome. like, that's a bigger reach. And they've continued to watch. So now it's well over 20 or 25,000 at this point. And that's mm -hmm. like families too. That's yeah. not just you know like our taggy awards we made those like a tv award show so i was really proud how our team pivoted last year and we really made it work and you know which of course made this year harder because we had to be virtual again right yeah 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 it's crazy and then in terms of this um so talk to us a little bit about the toy and game inventor like the innovator and then you've got the one for the youth as well so when you created this you know how has this evolved Sure. So when we first started the Toy and Game Inventor conferences, geez, 15 years ago, I think, yeah. it was for everybody. We didn't have tracks or anything like that. And just everybody came, pro inventors, because nobody had really done that before. And then as time went on, we realized we needed to have a professional inventor track and we needed to have a new inventor track and a design student track and really define those out. And it really, that's when it went crazy. That's when we started getting people from 25, 30 countries that were professional inventors. And, um, and then it really became even more of a community, right? And that's when we knew it was time to start the Toy and Game Inventor of the Year Awards. Back then mm -hmm. it was just the Inventor of the Year Awards. And now we've, we've added other categories because when you think about it, there's a lot of hands on a product right? Like there's, and so we want to recognize all of the people and that, that goes, you know, that are on the way, this product's journey. We want to recognize everybody that's part of it. But um, so it's interesting. So now that so it's going to be really interesting next year, because now all the professional inventors and even new inventors are used to zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. So will we go back in person? Like I know people miss each other, but will people really travel when they can just do a Zoom? I don't know. What do you think? That's a good question. I don't know. I would I would say that, um, you know, conferences in general, I think what COVID has is, is obviously brought is a disruption in the industry, right? And, um, you know, often these disruptions are, are bad and uncomfortable, but sometimes, you know, some, you know, better things come out of those, right? And I think one of them is probably um, accessibility for people has probably actually increased, right? And an example I give of this would be like Tabletop Simulator, right? I had used Tabletop Simulator before COVID. A lot of people did. And as a, a game designer, I had used it, but, you know, I was still using the scissors and, you know, the, you know, printing things off my printer. And COVID forced us to start using this more frequently as a tool. And as it became more ubiquitous, 
it is now, I think, the tool of choice for a lot of designers where it is much easier to iterate on a platform like that than reprint things off and, you know, cut things back out and so forth. And I've talked about this in the podcast in the past, but, you know, and, and I think this is another good example that you just mentioned, right? Or maybe you have people from around the world that would love to participate in a, uh, you know, in, in this inventor's challenge, but just based on cost of getting there uh, is inaccessible to so many people where now you could literally be anywhere in the world and still potentially participate in these challenges and so forth. So that, you know, that's a positive, that's a positive thing that actually came out of all this. So, uh, you know, I'm missing that, you know, the hugs as much as everybody, right. At these, at these conventions. And, you know, I think that we'll see conventions come back in person, but I still think a lot of that is, is going to remain online because it has actually improved the experience in some cases is, it's, you know, it's made the experience worse in a lot of cases, but I think it's actually improved it in others. Um, when I was thinking about the young uh, inventors challenge and uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually lucky enough to be a, a judge on uh, this upcoming season. So I'm very, very excited about that. I can't wait. Um, this has been going since, was it 2006 when this, this started off? Yeah, 2006. And some of our kids have gone on to be licensed. Like we have like a dozen kids that ended up in Target or in retail shelves around the world. And one kid who won twice when he was in high school, ended up interning at Spin Master. And then he worked in as a game designer at Spin Master. Yeah. I was going to say that because 2006, I'm like, okay, now some of these kids like from the first crop have got to be getting close to 30, right? So these are now adults that are probably in the higher their careers. And it must be really cool to see, you know, what they're like when they're young and and nervous and putting an eye, you know, putting themselves out there and, and throwing an idea out and now see kind of what, you know, how that's followed through in their career and the direction they've taken, that's got to be incredibly rewarding. It is incredibly rewarding, but they're not nervous. It's the funniest thing. These kids are, no, it's so, they have more confidence than adults do. (laughs) And it's strange. Yeah. You'll see when you start reviewing these videos. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of product acquisition execs will say, um, these kids Mm -hmm. present better than than the pros because they don't like launch into the store. They tell you just what it's all about. Mm. Like they just, and um, I don't know. I mean, we have people from like almost every company reviewing these concepts, right? Like licensing them. And I know everyone loves the kids. They just, um, I don't know. It's a passion thing, right? Like this whole young inventor challenge. So over all these years, what would you say has been your favorite invention that you saw? I know it's probably tough to choose your favorite, but is there, is there one that stands out the most that you've seen where you're just like, wow, I, that started. Wow. That's a hard one, you know, cause there's so many good ones, Yeah, but I, I know there's one that they did a video for us. So we have this on our YouTube channel, we have this series of like advice from professionals to the kids and also to other inventors, but they kind of target the kids so we had these two kids who won um three years ago i think and their game is still on target you i think it's called bet you can't okay that's cool and so i thought hey maybe they should do a video and give advice to other kids and this is my favorite part so this girl they're 13 right so they're 13 when they're recording this last year and the girl says, well, we've been inventors our whole life and we didn't, yeah. And she goes, but we didn't start inventing games until we were 11. And I was just like, oh my God, these girls, I, 
and they just racked it and they're still inventing. They're like, it's just amazing to see the energy. And then they were telling people, just put it out there, just do it. Don't, you know, yeah. it was really great. If I love their video, I could watch it 10 times. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so inspirational when you see uh, youth. Uh, put them, uh, a good example. We just recently had a guest on our show. Uh, his game is uh, uh, Crisis on Cardia. It's a, a deck building game, and he's 17 years old, and uh, he's got a Kickstarter right now that you know crushed its goal. I think it's at like $25,000 or something like that. But for someone that's 17, putting themselves out there, it, it inspired me. Right? I look at that, and anytime I'm, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I need to take a break, or you know, I look at someone like that, I'm like no, I'm going to get back at it. You know, this is this, it gives me the drive to want to do more. Right. And, um, you know, I get excited when I see youth, you know, not sitting in front of a a game console, right. Not sitting on their phone, you know, Snapchatting, but actually trying to create something. I mean, that is so awesome. I just absolutely love it. So let's talk about people of play. So it's your most recent creation. What is that? What's people of play? Well, actually, the pandemic sort of made that happen because I wasn't traveling all over like I normally do. I could actually sit down and put it together. So what it is, is I've wanted to do it for like 10 years, over 10 years. So people call me up all the time. Like, do you know somebody who does this? Do you know somebody who does that? Who does this? Who did that campaign? Who did this? You know? And I kept saying, I need to put this into like a giant database where people can just find this without calling me up, right? I'm not going to be around forever. Like I've got this database of like 70 some thousand and I've got a LinkedIn, I have over 30,000 followers. I need to get all those into like one place where other people can find them, right? And so, and that, and also it was combined with, I want to tell the stories. So consumers today want to know the stories. Like they want to know who invented, who made what they're buying. It's a thing now, right? And Um, which I love, of course. And so we made it um, two levels to it. So there's the industry level that's running underneath. And then there's the public facing part where the public can find the stories and search like who invented what. And it's sort of based on the IMDB model, Mm -hmm. how they have two levels running the same way. And, And we keep pivoting on it. Like we're learning what people want and what they don't want. It's a work in progress for sure. But yeah, we've we I think we have well over a thousand people and a thousand products on it now, and like it's growing pretty fast because we really did a soft debut last winter, mm-hmm. and then we've now started to ramp up. So and the number of visits have been crazy. Actually, if I include free members, it's a lot higher too. So we're getting there. I'm really proud of this project and we keep adding features all the time and um, people are loving it. Totally. So what's the the goal for like a consumer? So somebody who's just like a purchaser of a game, they would go to peopleofplay.com to um, look up the history of games or toys or what would be their kind of their purpose of going to the site? So, right, they could find out who invented what and what the story was, how they, you know, how that came to be. Um, They can also, we have browse toys and games. Um, We have, uh, we have, gosh, we have so much. So we have a new Wikipedia that's going to be debuting soon. So we have over a thousand pieces of content and we're organizing it into 
their right title so it's searchable. That's awesome. We have, um, we also, no one, I know this is going to sound morbid, but no one collects the obits in our industry. So we are actually, we started, because we've run the Bloom Report too, you know, which I don't know if you're familiar with the Bloom Report. It's right. the, it's the largest a news summary in our industry every Friday. So we started putting the obits in there and we found out people read the obits. Like I wouldn't have guessed how popular obituaries are, but so we've, we're, we've, figure also some this needs to be searchable somebody needs to capture these people they need I don't know like they've been neglected right like our history has been neglected um and we have a pub so we have so we have these cool meeting rooms where you just click on the logo like uno and you're right in that zoom room and you can see who else is there and so like we had the inventor pop it and perplexus and a lot of other things then and Brendan, so that's Dan Klitzner, and then Brendan Boyle, who's done all kinds of Barbie things, and he's one of the most prolific inventors. He's at IDEO. They hosted, so it's the first Thursday of every month, and they hosted it this last um, first Thursday, and they were just hysterical. So we're going to do those every night during Pop Week. So November 15th through the 19th, there's going to be hosted. So like the head of product acquisitions for Hasbro and for Spin Master will host one night. Then um, product acquisitions with Mattel and Brendan Boyle, the guy I just mentioned, will host another night. Then we have the president of Goliath Games with Jim McCafferty, another professional inventor. He did like Catch the Fox. Um, he's also a magician. So there's going to be magic on that one. So we've, we have like, and so you can come to these. They're two hours long and ask questions and, and just have fun. Like it's, um, and bring a drink. Like we always have <laughs> bring a drink. And um, so we're going to do a lot of that during um, Pop Week again. It's going to be fun. And I was browsing the site while we we're talking here. I actually came across the um, the uh, the old bits, and uh, and they even have like classic TV commercials as well. So you've got like old, like there's like a Django one here. There's a Connect Four. There's uh, all like this is cool. So this is really becoming. Um, for lack of a word, like a pop culture around the gaming industry resource, right? So people can go. Yeah, it is right. It's a big resource. It's yeah. gonna, we're trying to save everything into this. And then we also, to get more people to come to the site. So did you, I don't know if you clicked on conferences under events. So we did last year, since we couldn't, like, how do we, what, how do, what content do we come up with? We did it all last year and that's all gonna be in the Wikipedia. So this year we we paired like the president of Mattel with um, uh, an Academy nominated producer, and she also got three Academies for the Dallas Fight Club. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. And we got Gary Trudeau and Will Shorts. Gary Trudeau hasn't done an interview since 1994 with Rolling Stone, so we have them doing a chat together. We have um, David Fear, who's like very prolific inventor. Yeah. He's got Sean Green, a sports guy, like a guy who was on the Mets and the LA Dodgers, and he still holds all kinds of records. So what, and we've got some other duos too. And oh, we, we have a pop trio. The guy who was president of Mattel, Sega and Leapfrog, and then the president of Litsky PR, and then Pressman, Jim Pressman himself from Pressman Toy. The three of them are talking because we're honoring them for a lifetime. So 
what all these conversations are about is where do ideas come from? Where do you get your ideas? So we're, we have two different industries and comparing like how they come up with their, their ideas and creativity and also what their favorite toy and games were when they were growing up or ones that may have inspired them. And uh, they're great conversations, like seriously. I've been trying to get Will Smith to pair up with Erno Rubik because he loves Rubik's Cube, right? Yeah. And we just haven't got to him yet. I keep trying because that would have been awesome, right? Oh, that would have been. So with can people like with the uh, like uh, the Papapedia here, can they, um, is it kind of like Wikipedia where the like the uh, public can can update entries and add their own entries as well? Or is oh, it all kind of pleased? No. It's, yeah, no, we are the ones policing it now while we're building it, but you're right. That is a goal eventually, yes. Mm -hmm. But that takes a lot of people, we found out. And Wikipedia is always short on people. I don't know if you know, so they're always asking for money, right? Like, cause they yeah. can't, yeah, it's tough. So we're, we're figuring it out, but we have to get the base in there first and we're working on that, right? Well, there's a lot there now, but we're getting more. Right. This is a this is a cool tool. I, I I absolutely love it. And I now I'm sure I'm going to be spending hours upon hours on this. <laughs> Just being a, wow. a a game geek myself. We're so we're in 2021. Looking forward to 2022. What's kind of what's next on the horizon? Is it is the focus shifting to people of play? Is it still Chicago Toy Fair? Where where are you headed for 2022? I think you, you were right about hybrid. It's going to have to be some type of hybrid for yeah. sure. Um, so I really miss seeing the consumers and the kids play, right? Like that's that's really special in all the media. So I'd, I'd like to think we can have both next year. We can have, you know, the conferences, like our conferences, the pitches. So like we usually have about 350 to 400 people at our pitches, yep. which, which, you know, is, which is a pretty impressive number. And we do get like, we had a hundred, like in our last time in person, we had about a 125 product acquisition execs looking for ideas, which Holy is pretty smokes. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. So I want to get that back, right? Because there's such a sense of community. We rent a pub on one of the nights and everyone's drinking together. You know, whether you're a brand new inventor or a professional inventor of Jenga, like Leslie Scott who invented Jenga, she comes every year. And, and like the guy in charge of all product acquisition at Hasbro Mattel, they're all there. And, and there's no barriers. There's no, everyone's friendly. It's really um, unique. It's really awesome. And I just, I miss that. I miss that a lot. Oh, so, so do I. So how do people follow along? Is there, is it, where's the main sign up so people can get part of your community? Is it through peopleofplay.com? Yeah, they, they should just go. They could get a free pro. They could get a free membership, or they can get a profile on the site, and they can um, be found. They can because we you can search by keywords. So you enter in your your expertise, your skills, your roles, and then you could post on um, classifieds, and you can say, "I have this game I want to sell," or "I can do I can do prototyping for you," or so we have a lot of ways for people to connect on on Pop, which is great. And also the Bloom Report also, I highly recommend to people because that's where you can find out all the latest stuff in the industry. Oh, so. that's awesome. Oh, what a resource, my gosh. Mary, you've done so much in your career and uh, there's still much more runway there. I can't wait to see what you come up with next because man, have you created some stuff. 
Uh, I want to wish you all the best this coming year with everything. I hope we can connect during the uh, Young Inventors uh, Challenge, and I uh, can't wait to be a judge on that. Thanks again for coming on our podcast. I really do appreciate oh, your time. You know, thank you for having me. This has been fun. No worries. You take care. Cheers. You too. All right. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. We'll be right back.